Imagine having a reliable advocate by your side, a partner who helps you flourish in your career, offers leadership growth, and enables you to learn from a diverse community of peers via in-person relationships that lead to lifelong friendships and a professional network that propels your success. Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, the South Carolina Association of CPAs, SCACPA, later in the episode. So I think QuickBooks has done a horrible job to communicate with people how to access their money, you know, when there is a QuickBooks checking, how to make transfers, how long it takes for the transfer to come in, because then you got to wait the two days for the credit card payment to clear, and then you got to wait the two days to transfer from a QuickBooks checking to your Bank of America or whatever. So people are not immediately aware of exactly what's happening with their money, particularly when they sort of did this express QuickBooks payments and QuickBooks checking uh, sign up. If you'd like to earn CPE credit for listening to this episode, visit earmarkcpe.com. Download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. Continuing education has never been so easy. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm Blake Oliver, CPA, and we have a big episode today for you about QuickBooks. Everything that's going on with QuickBooks right now, did they just kill QuickBooks desktop? We're going to get all the details from Hector Garcia, CPA, who is joining us today. Hey, Hector, how you doing? Hey, man, how are you? How's everything? You did an episode with us back in February of 2022 with all the latest QuickBooks news, and you made some predictions in that episode. So I'm eager to hear if those predictions have come true, eager to hear updates from you about everything that's going on. And uh, we're streaming live today. Hopefully some folks will join us and feel free to ask your questions, make your comments. I'll be monitoring that and uh, Hector will as well. We'll try to get to those. Hector, for those who don't know Hector, Hector is like the number one QuickBooks Pro Advisor on YouTube with over a million views on his YouTube channel. Hector, what's the name of your channel? It's just Hector Garcia CPA. And it's just look, I'm not counting, but it's thirteen million seven hundred twenty-seven nine hundred and sixty-seven views. But just that. Yeah, oh my gosh! Details All right. don't, don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Thirteen million, incredible. Um, one of the top QuickBooks resellers, pro advisors in the world. Um, so yeah, great to have you on the show. Let's let's talk about what's going on. Where do we start? I think let's start with the with the low hanging fruit, which is like what is the stuff that's affecting people the most, which is the QuickBooks Online price changes. So August first, every August first is into its fiscal year. So you're gonna see major changes happening usually around August of every year. The the most apparent price change is gonna the most apparent change is gonna be the QuickBooks Online price change where where it went up by $5 a month. Only two SKUs went up by $5 a month. So QuickBooks Online Essentials remains at $30. QuickBooks, on, sorry, yeah, QuickBooks Online Simple Start remains at $30 a month. QuickBooks Online Essentials went up from $55 to $60 a month. QuickBooks Online Plus went up from $85 to $90 a month. So you got a 30, 60, 90, really clean and pretty uh, pricing sheet. And then QuickBooks uh, Online Advance stayed at $200. Uh, so it's the, the two middle options out of the four options went up by $5. That's pretty simple. Now, for, for every brand new user, 
This is effective now. Starting August 1st, that's effective for everyone. For existing accounts, some are being phased into the price change. Uh, some will see it September 1st, some will see it October 1st, some will see it November 1st, depends on when the account was created. Usually when the account is less than a year old, um, they're going to see a, a, a delay in that price change. But if it's over a year old, probably every single account went up already August 1st to that uh, new price. Now, QuickBooks Online Payroll also went up by a couple of dollars. I mean, I recommend you go into the firmofthefuture.com website if you want to see all those details. The other important announcement uh, is that Intuit announced their efforts. And this is one of these just press releases, like check the box, right? You know, we are working on our own financial LLM. Basically, it means, hey, world, I know everybody is, is, is falling in love with ChatGPT. I know everybody's thinking the whole the entire software development process around you know OpenAI, ChatGPT, and other LLM technologies. You know what is Intuit doing? So they're making sure they're telling all the the investors and the shareholders, "Hey, we're working on one too. Don't worry about it." You know, QuickBooks Online is not integrating with ChatGPT now, uh, at least quick, not through QuickBooks's. Uh, uh, terms anyway, uh, but they are going to be working on their own internal LLM. And this this was an important announcement specifically because in the accounting community, there's tons of concern and uncertainty around the safety of the data, you know, where you have hundreds of millions of users feeding information to this machine. And we don't know how this data is going to use. And when it comes specifically to financial data, how can this information be used, let's say, against us? I mean, that's kind of a complicated term to use, but you know, how is this information potentially being weaponized commercially? Um, so a lot of accounting professionals are concerned that it's just not clear to what's happening with this. So I think Intuit made a, an incredibly important point, which is, hey, we're not going to go talk to OpenAI and that sort of thing. And maybe they'll use their underlying engine and technology, but we're going to have our own LLM. That way the information stays within our control. Today, there's nothing in the software that looks or feels different than before they announced that. And it'll probably be a while until you go through the beta testing and all that stuff. But I think it's an important announcement. And I think it's, a, it's you know, you have the leader of the accounting world, accounting software world, pretty much letting you know that this is where it's going. It's going to artificial intelligence doing some of the work or most of the work or who knows how accurate it would be or if accountants will trust it at the beginning. I mean, just so this is a very complex and will be a very fun conversation for us podcaster creator types because it's a great topic of conversation to philosophize about. Yeah, I, w I would personally love to know how... Intuit is going to overcome data integrity issues with an LLM built on QuickBooks data because we all know there's all those files out there where transactions are not coded right and the chart of accounts is all messed up. And if you're going to build a large language model and do AI around a set of transactions, how do you make sure that it's learning the right things, right? That's what I'm, I, I'm curious how they're going to solve that problem. Well, we, we kind of have that situation now, right? If you're if you're a QuickBooks Online user and you download transactions through bank feeds, QuickBooks will attempt to tell you what that is, right? If if you went to Chevron, it would say it's gas expense. And again, assuming that you have the standard chart of accounts, that QuickBooks knows what the vehicle gas expense is, because I, I don't think QuickBooks is reading your custom chart of account names and trying to discern what this means in connection to like the category of gas expense. 
uh, one of the one of the sort of interesting things is that most QuickBooks users, I would say, not the advanced ones, not the accountants, not the bookkeepers, not the ones that have a pro advisor attached to it, are probably going to use, for the most part, the built-in chart of accounts that QuickBooks Online gives you. And even that's a moving target because that chart of accounts has changed over time. But mm -hmm. Intuit already has incredible statistics. I mean, they have metadata about you know what the average person calls Chevron or Chipotle or whatever, right? So based on this statistic, they could make suggestions to the next user with the next transaction on how to categorize something. Now, the point you're making is if, look, if you're an accounting professional, you know, um, there's most of the client business owner led QuickBooks files are a complete disaster. So if they're feeding their statistic, their engine, their suggestion engine with garbage, garbage in, garbage out. So Intuit has a very interesting conundrum nowadays that you have the average user using the standard chart of accounts. You have the advanced user, the accountant user, the pro advisor, the one that has much, you should have more trust on, on their judgment on how to categorize things. And then you have their own internal employees in QuickBooks Live categorizing things. It, it, I don't have the inside baseball on this, but I'm pretty sure some engineer in Intuit have thought, which information do we take? You know, do, we, do we take, you know, do we crowdsource the business owner data? Do we crowdsource the pro advisor accountant attached data? Or do we just use the internal data from the people that we train, that we know they're doing things our way, which again, could be wrong or could be right. That's a different conversation. So when they build this financial LLM, I am pretty sure that the core database, like, you know, what they're going to train that, uh, you know, uh, artificial intelligence on, will be on this statistical historical data they have on this universe of 5 million QuickBooks Online users uh, using QuickBooks Online. So again, when this thing gets released, uh, the manifestation of this will probably be very evident. We'll, 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 we'll be using it. We'll be seeing all these crazy suggestions to things, just like it is now. And this could be an issue because especially the accounting pros are going to Im immediately say, See, told you, you know, you, AI can't replace us, you know, like, it, yeah. and so they'll just see it and f see it, see it as another gimmick. Well, and there's also the question of uh, what if you don't want your data ingested into, into its LLM? And I suppose that's another argument for staying on QuickBooks desktop is oh, that yeah. your data is local. Yeah. And we've got some big changes coming to QuickBooks desktop pro and premiere. What's new with that? Okay, so I am a QuickBooks solution provider. That means I resell QuickBooks. I've done it for over 10 years. And uh, starting August 1st, we as resellers can no longer sell QuickBooks Desktop Pro or Premiere. Actually, as a matter of fact, um, last year, this is August 1st of last year, we um, could, could still sell Pro. Pro was completely re removed from sort of the public offering. Um, it we could still sell Pro. And Intuit would still sell Pro if you called Intuit directly. Actually, um, in some cases, you could you could renew Pro, but you couldn't buy a new license of Pro. That's what it was. Today, right now, um, if somebody wants to buy QuickBooks Pro or Premiere, they can no longer go through a reseller. Uh, we can tell people that they call this phone number and, and and buy it, but we no longer get compensated for it. So that so so how they compensate their 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 solution providers is a good indicator on how they're aligning their financial incentives 
to their sales goals. And there's a discussion we had a year and a half ago. We talked about, you know, where I thought QuickBooks was going. And I think, and I mentioned that this started happening, right? Where the incentives to sell Pro and Premier were, were dwindling. And at this point, they're no longer existent. And really quick, there's also a price increase. QuickBooks Desktop Pro went up by $100. So it went from $550 a year to $650 a year. And QuickBooks Premier went up from $800 a year to $950 a year. And this is the one user annual subscription. Most, most desktop users should be on an annual subscription. So that went up as well. So you can still buy it, but the price went up. So that's a really important point. Um, right now, if you call QuickBooks sales, if you actually call, and I would invite anybody to do the exercise and see how it feels, you have to convince the salesperson on the other side that you want to buy QuickBooks desktop. And, I, and I'm going to make a, I'm going to guess this. I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm sure a lot of people in that, in the other side of that call center don't even know the existence of QuickBooks desktop or know enough about it for, for this to be a smooth conversation. They've been trained that, hey, if you're a very large business, very complex, you know, you got to go to QuickBooks Enterprise. If not, QuickBooks Online is the only sort of path to put their customers in. And that's because Intuit was very clear a couple of years ago saying, you know, their goal is to have a single platform like QuickBooks Online and 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 sell all cross sell all their products and services from that platform. They want to have all the data, the metadata so they can make the product better. They don't want to have multiple support teams supporting desktop and online. They don't want to deal with the drama of like different versions and different versions of Windows and security updates. And there's so many more Mac users than before versus Windows users. I mean, Macs are pretty much a huge percentage of the of the user base in the small business world. So QuickBooks Desktop, the, the Windows version, which was the traditional Pro Premier Windows version, you know, th- it caused a lot of confusion. You know, like you know, people would buy the Windows version, but they have a Mac. So in the, in the in the QuickBooks world, it's just m- so much easier to get people into QuickBooks Online. And, l- and let me tell you, uh, uh, not anecdotally, I, I I had the privilege of hanging out at Intuit about two or three years ago, actually prior to the pandemic, and I asked you know, a person that worked in there, hey, could I could I hang out with some of your incoming uh, salespeople, the phone salespeople, so I could kind of understand, you know, what is it that people go through in terms of calling QuickBooks and s- saying, hey, I need, I need QuickBooks, what do you recommend? And of course, the desktop conversation never happened. And this is four years ago, right? Then the desktop conversation never even happened. But on the other side of the coin, because I was kind of like disappointed that desktop wasn't even being offered, the other side of the coin is, in one phone call, they were up and running. And in my world with QuickBooks Desktop, that wasn't a thing. Up and running with QuickBooks Desktop was a multi-day project. <laughs> you know, um, So like, you know, fr- from a, as a software provider, as a solution provider, I could totally see the upside value you know, for the average small business of going from no accounting system to one accounting system connected to your bank within an hour. That's something you cannot do with desktop technology. So. At that point, four years ago, I was convinced that online was the future. I mean, I still love QuickBooks Desktop, and we can have an entire podcast about why desktop in so many ways is so much more powerful than online. And with this whole data security thing, more and more people want to like own their data. But I could, I, I was completely sold, and I and I knew it, it was like I could, I could finally see it. You know why it made much more sense for QuickBooks Online to be centric to the Intuit strategy. So 
You're telling me that I can't, as a pro advisor, resell QuickBooks Pro anymore. No, no. But can 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 somebody buy it directly from Intuit? Yes. Or is it you, just not even available? No, no, no. You, you can buy it directly from Intuit. Like, actually, I invite you guys to do this on your own, during the podcast, after the podcast, whatever. Just go to quickbooks.com or quickbooks.intuit.com and see how long it takes you to find a purchase page for QuickBooks Premiere. It would be several clicks. And like right now, as of the time that we're recording this, I found it. And it's a little tiny line in the bottom of a page somewhere that says, for basic accounting needs stored on your desktop computer, get QuickBooks Desktop Plus starting at $7.99. That's the line, right? But think about that, the messaging. Mm -hmm. Basic accounting needs stored on your desktop computer. It's very, very interesting framing. Uh, so they haven't completely killed it. So it's officially not killed. I think once it comes off the website, I would essentially at that point say, okay, they, they've killed it completely. So they haven't completely killed it, but it's like, it's hanging on. Like that, that's the premiere yeah. is hanging on. Um, and the other thing that I find interesting is through the Intuit website, if you do find that link to try to buy it, you can only buy a one user. So if you need two, three, four, five users, you're going to have to call the QuickBooks general phone number. And at that point, I assume that if the person's convinced that they need desktop, they will probably want to put them in, on enterprise because enterprise is a better solution for multi-user anyway. Again, technical discussion we can have in a different podcast. But this whole concept of framed around basic bookkeeping store and stuck in your desktop computer, almost like saying, hey, I know that you're like from the dark ages and we still want to serve you. Um, you know, so here's a little corner of our of our company that's that's de that's designed for for you people. Right? So that's kind of the framing that's happening now. And if I had to make a prediction, it, I, I don't think QuickBooks Desktop Premiere will last another three years. Again, pure speculation. But it's 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 out in the UK. It's it, uh, it's still. What, it's, what do you mean out? Well, yeah. So QuickBooks Desktop no longer. There's no longer a UK edition. Uh, so wow. that's been phased out. That was phased out in. In 20, it was sunsetted in 2018. So 2018 was the last version they released. And the three years that QuickBooks usually gives for support expired earlier this year. And then everybody in the UK was going crazy because, you know, it wasn't easy to convert from desktop to online. And, um, you know, and a lot of accountants weren't ready. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was some, there was some, some hecticness around it. Now UK is a QBO only world. And the only two places on earth where desktop is still supported is US and Canada. So it's funny they say desktop is for basic bookkeeping because we all know that if you need advanced inventory, you still can't get that out of QuickBooks Online. And that is the point that Andrea is making here in the live stream saying they need to develop and implement a better inventory system for QBO because the one they have right now doesn't work. That's the only reason I don't recommend some of my clients to move to QBO. And Gene asked, what software do you recommend for an inventory system? Well, that's a, a, a loaded concept there. Yeah, so QuickBooks Online can do really basic inventory. Um, if you look at the the more predominant apps in the apps.com um, store, you know, where you can add the QuickBooks Online add-ons, you're going to see SOS inventory, you're going to see Fishbowl inventory, you're going to see Deer inventory, and SIN7, C-I-N seven, the logo is kind of like a, the old logo was like a Pac-Man looking logo. So you got these four big apps, uh, also Katana for manufacturing. Uh, you'll see them in apps.com and there's a, what both myself and Intuit recommends 
you plug into QuickBooks Online for inventory if you're not going to be using QuickBooks Desktop Enterprise, which is still like my baby when it comes to inventory management. This episode of the Earmark Podcast is sponsored by the South Carolina Association of CPAs, SCA CPA. Imagine having a partner who not only nurtures your career growth, but also opens doors to leadership opportunities. And the best part? You get to dive into a diverse pool of peers, learning and growing together. But wait, there's more. Think about fostering real-life connections that go beyond just networking. We're talking about lifelong friendships and a professional web that catapults your achievements. Enter state CPA associations, like the South Carolina Association of CPAs, your gateway to a world of prospects. They're like guiding lights in the dynamic landscape of business, regulations, and legislation. Their mission? Keeping you informed and safeguarding the CPA profession, which in turn safeguards your career. So, whether you're stepping into the world of accounting or steadily making your way up the corporate ladder, joining your state CPA association can be that crucial move that redefines your journey. And guess what? The icing on the cake is that there's a CPA association waiting for you right in your state. Ready to explore why being part of a CPA association could be your game changer? Head over to earmarkcpe.promo slash S-C-A-C-P-A. That is earmarkcpe.promo forward slash S-C-A-C-P-A. So let's talk about QuickBooks Checking. This is a product that has been fascinating to me, but I haven't really had a chance to use it yet. It's the checking account that is built in to QuickBooks online. The integration has been, I don't know, kind of halfway there, not fully baked. And yeah. so I haven't I haven't turned it on. I've heard there have been some issues around turning it on and not being <laughs> able to turn it off. Yeah. So where where are we with QuickBooks checking? So for Hector? some yeah, so for some context, okay, Intuit's general strategy is not only moving people to QuickBooks Online, but just having a platform for cross-selling multiple solutions for small business owners. Like the, half of the world would say, oh, they're just greedy and they just want to take as much money as pe- you know, out of people's pocket as possible. And Intuit people say more like, hey, we're there to make small business better. If we can integrate these products with their accounting, we can in fact make them better. And I think, I, I think, look, look, objectively, if if Intuit creates a competing product to a different industry, banking, lending, uh, email marketing, like all all these things that we actually see right now built into the product as cross-sellable products, and the product is just as good and is about the same price about you know on, on a third party solution and users are not forced into it and they have and they can easily opt in and opt out and there's no trickery around you know messaging on what it is and what it isn't i think it's totally fair you know that intuit can help solve other problems outside just accounting but quickbooks checking is a great example of of a product it's a banking product it's a bank account where Within inside QuickBooks, you like don't have to go to Chase.com, BankofAmerica.com to view your bank activity or um, all, all the fintechs too, like Relay Bank or whatever, right? So, so you can all within your single login of QuickBooks, you can manage your bank, and your bank happens to be a bank that's affiliated with Intuit, which they're calling QuickBooks Checking. Now, the first issue that we had with QuickBooks Checking is QuickBooks Checking was released, 
And the very first time, their bank, the, the bank fees was, weren't even coming correctly. So that was like the first sort of like failed launch. The other challenge was that the bank statements didn't look like bank statements, so you couldn't get traditional bank statements. So you couldn't reconcile the way you're used to reconciling. Now, Intuit's argument was, hey, let's build something that you don't have to reconcile because you can ask the average small business owner, what's your you know, worst nightmare when it comes to accounting? And they say, ah, oh, reconciling, right? So they're like, okay, well, can we build a bank or a bank product that's auto-reconciled, essentially? And th that's kind of what they tried to release. But the reality is accountants, accounting professionals, bookkeepers, they want to reconcile. That's, that's, that, that's the whole thing with like zero too, like QuickBooks users and zero users. They get into this kerfuffle because you can't do like a formal reconciliation. And accountants draw tons of, uh, I would say, sense of security from being able to reconcile something. So when yeah, they went you to market- think, You would think they would yeah. have learned that. Yeah. From Zero's mistake here exactly. in the U.S., Zero took years to build a traditional reconciliation report. Exactly. And, and it was like, it was a huge barrier to adoption. It still is. It still is. If you're an accounting professional or a bookkeeper, most 90% of you, that's how you justify your fees. We reconcile the account. Well, they so, got it now. They finally, they finally did it. Uh, zero has reconciliation, you're saying. Yeah. Yes, you can run a reconciliation report right, and right. you put in the opening balance and the closing balance and it'll actually look like a reconciliation report for correct, once. Correct, correct. Even though you yeah. don't have to, but that's a different issue. So right. I think what Intuit's first attempt at QuickBooks checking is, could we do something so seamless, so amazing, where we take this like number one concern that small business owners have, which is reconciling the bank accounts, and we completely make it a thing of the past. And, and by the way, there's still a chance for that. There still absolutely is a chance for that. I mean... That's the like saying AI will replace accountants. Correct, correct. There's also, there's still a chance for that, but I mean- There's a again, small chance. There's, there's a pigs will fly chance. Yeah, correct, correct. It's just that, yeah. it's just that in, in, the, in, in practical matters, it's hard to like make it actually work. I mean, in theory, all this stuff is possible. Just in reality, it isn't. So we've seen a couple of uh, really cool developments in QuickBooks um, uh, checking integration. For example, now QuickBooks Online will- attempt to match a check written from QuickBooks checking to your QuickBooks online bank feeds. Again, something that's existed in the QuickBooks world forever, but it, it wasn't working off the bat with QuickBooks checking, which again, it's just so counterintuitive. Like how would you take the very best thing of QuickBooks, which is reconciling a bank statement, matching transactions with the traditional bank, and then release a banking product that doesn't even do those basic things. But we're happy to announce that that's working now. You can also attach receipts to transactions through QuickBooks bank, uh, QuickBooks checking. So let's say you use your QuickBooks checking debit card at Home Depot. You can now open up the app and attach a receipt to that. Something you could, you could have done with QuickBooks Online already with a regular transaction. You just couldn't with the QuickBooks checking transaction. So see, that's nice. That's the reason I haven't really used the receipt attachment in QuickBooks because I haven't been able to do it on my mobile very easily. Exactly. Now you can do it with the QuickBooks checking transactions. I mean, you could you could have yeah. done it before on a traditional bank, but with QuickBooks checking transactions, it wasn't available. Got it. Okay. Um, and then uh, mobile check deposit. So, you know, you take a picture of a check that your customer paid you and you can now deposit that, you know, by with your phone. So I mean, that's also um, a kind of a big, big deal. Again, the table stakes for any like web-based online bank but these are things that like just recently are coming in. And I'm glad that Intuit realized that, hey, if you want to have a real bank product that competes with the, the real banks, it's got to behave like it. Okay. Well, so it's starting to so feel let, like a real bank or like Relay Bank. Let me ask you then, Hector, are you recommending QuickBooks checking yet to clients or are you still waiting 
for a few more features. I am not recommending it actively. Okay. What okay. do they need to do to get it to that point where you're sure. going to say use it? I'm going to tell you the first thing that makes me mad about QuickBooks checking, which is when you enable a QuickBooks payments account, this is when you accept credit cards or ACH payments in your invoices. The, the workflow inside QuickBooks Online software, it's not, doesn't, it's not terribly clear as to what bank account you're depositing that money to. And I would say for nine out of 10 of my customers that self-serve the QuickBooks payments uh, application, end up choosing this QuickBooks checking account that they're sort of creating at the same time that they're creating the merchant account. So they get paid through the invoices and their money doesn't hit the bank accounts and they're freaking out because it's like, where's my money? Oh, well, the money is in QuickBooks checking. Now, if you're not familiar with how QuickBooks checking works, you feel your money disappeared. You feel your money, is, it's, it went into ether somewhere. So you have to go tell the customer, okay, this is where you go to look at your QuickBooks checking account. And they're like, well, I need the money. I need to pay payroll. Okay, this is where you make the transfer. So I think QuickBooks has done a horrible job to communicate with people how to access their money You know, when there is a QuickBooks checking, how to make transfers, how long it takes for the transfer to come in, because then you got to wait the two days for the credit card payment to clear, and then you got to wait the two days to transfer from a QuickBooks checking to your Bank of America or whatever. So people are not immediately aware of exactly what's happening with, um, with their money, particularly when they sort of did this express QuickBooks payments and QuickBooks checking uh, sign up. Now, so, now I, I love the fact that so quickly they can, you know, spark open a bank account and spark open a payments account. It's actually pretty incredible, like how quickly you can like start a business, open QBO and start invoicing people, charging credit cards. I mean, like what, what Intuit has done in terms of getting you up and running as a small business, it's amazing. It's incredible. Problem is that as an accounting professional, as a trainer, as a QuickBooks personality, I'm the one that gets all the complaints saying, hey, I, I, what, the, what in the world is going on with my money? What's going on with QuickBooks? So so that's my thing. That's my issue that that left a sour taste in my mouth. And even if they have fixed and improved you know, QuickBooks checking, I, I, they, they got to make a huge step towards fixing that part of the communication and, 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 and explaining you know, how people access that money, how they access those accounts. And forever, accountants didn't have access to the bank statements for QuickBooks checking either. So like, again, it, it just everything was implemented so carelessly when it comes to understanding how accountants feel and how customers feel on the other side. It was implemented solely to go to market. And, and one of, that's one of the challenges that this is like people's money payments. It's way too delicate to just go to market in a with a beta like that. So basically to summarize your complaints or your, your issues, it's about the transparency, right? It's about telling people where their money's at, where it's going, when it's Clarity. getting there. Clarity. Yeah. Clarity. Look, cool. look, look, the banking institution is so old that most people have a very specific understanding of how banks work, right? And then all of a sudden you're replacing that with this new super cool and modern online thing. But it can't be 10% of what the bank used to be because it, it's, it's going to be very frustrating. Right. Pe people are not ready to manage their business with an online bank if they're not truly understanding how the online bank works and the time delays and how you get a debit card, how you get checks, like all that stuff needs to be, you got, you got to read, you got to retrain people on this stuff. 
So, Hector, last time we chatted in early 2022, you made some predictions of what's going to happen to QuickBooks Desktop. Seems pretty accurate at this point. Uh, you did predict that Intuit would start to phase it out, mm-hmm. that eventually it would go away, and we're seeing that now with Pro disappearing from the partner reseller options. Yeah, Pro and Premier, both. Yeah, so... You know, anything else, any other predictions you made that you want to follow up on? Any new predictions you want to make for the yeah, future? Yeah, so I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a good predictor, I'll tell you that much. But one prediction that I made pretty boldly 18 months ago is they were going to make a huge investment in their mid-market product in QuickBooks Online Advance and bridging the gap between QuickBooks Online Advance and QuickBooks Desktop Enterprise. So... I predicted it would move faster than what it really has. I mean, it's been a year and a half and it has moved an inch. You know, um, my initial prediction was for them to be successful in mid-market or at least in replacing the multi-user QuickBooks desktop premier enterprise user would be to have a really strong permission structure for QuickBooks Online in advance. And that has not panned out. It's been 18 months and it's really, really only made really tiny stride. So I predicted that would move faster than what it really has. Uh, my prediction is, again, <laughs> still with the same thing. If you want to be successful, you got to get the multi-user situation going. Uh, a couple of interesting things have happened. They've added some features to Spreadsheet Sync, which was a, a company they acquired that connects your QuickBooks Online to Excel and allows you to sync information back and forth. You can now edit budgets in Excel. And if, if, you are, if you are a budget person, like, and God, God bless you, if you're like in the business of doing budgets, you know how hard it is to do a budget. This is a, a grid with multiple sales in a web-based format where you can like copy and drag or do formulas or, or copy and paste or like reformat things. I totally see uh, the value of being able to take your QuickBooks core budget for last year, export it to Spreadsheet Sync, have it in the glory of of excel work on excel and send it back to quickbooks that's amazing and they just released that and obviously it's the first iteration there's tons of bugs to fix etc etc but that in itself is testament that they've listened to at least that section of the market which is hey doing budgets in a website is very difficult to do so those are some good news (laughs) at least from a development of of QBO Advance. The other semi good news, and I say semi because I haven't seen it, uh, is but it's because Intuit has done a pretty, uh, they've done this wide net of communication through all to all the influencers and accountants and pro advisors. So this is not written anywhere, but a lot of people know this at this point that they're going to improve the left navigation bar by going backwards. <laughs> so, they, so they've re- recognized that their improvement to the left navigation bar, which is this dynamic uh, bar that kind of like, like it has a little drawer that opens and closes when you go to the subsections, it annoyed so many people that they're going to go backwards to the original sort of static left navigation bar that had the little pop-up uh, submenus. And at the same time, uh, to do away with the whole concept of accountant view versus business view, that essentially created two separate navigation bars that look different, um, whether you are logged in as an accountant, well, actually you're logged in through the accountant view or through the business view. And this has been particularly frustrating for content creators, tutorial builders like myself and authors of books, because it's like every year they have to update the screenshots because they keep changing the way the left navigation bar 
is. And I think they've noticed with enough feedback that, hey, there needs to always be one thing that's constant <laughs> because you, you need to improve QuickBooks. There's tons of things that need to improve, yes. But there needs to be a, a, a single constant thing that people can always revert to and go, okay, I know everything is changing, but at least I know that this starting point is what can get me anywhere. And that is the navigation bar. So when they keep mocking with the navigation bar, that keep, that's rattling all the users. And it makes it very difficult for us to appreciate the changes they're doing to the chart of accounts or the, the customer center or whatever, because you're changing the navigation that I use and I'm used to for years for me to get there. And, and, and for the most part, they're solving for small business owners and they get feedback from brand new small business owners, brand new QuickBooks users. And brand new QuickBooks users have, you know, wild imagination about what they want about QuickBooks, but the constant, which is the pro users, the accountants and the pro advisors, we're the ones that have been using it for 10, 15, 20 years. When you change something on us, you're, 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 you're causing us to stop like the productive work and then retrain ourselves. So we have to spend so much time training and retraining ourselves with all these changes. That makes it very frustrating. And I think they've heard the feedback very loud and they've announced, hey, hey, look, we're totally gonna go back to like a simple left navigation bar. It looks the same across every QuickBooks file. If you're creating tutorials and, and videos or helping somebody remotely, um, you know, you will know where the buttons are and you you can predict where things are. And, and I hope that they, that they that they stay true to this promise and like a clean three years go by and they have one navigation bar and they don't touch it. That would be nice. I mean, that would be my yeah. hopes and dreams. <laughs> and that's it for QuickBooks updates, yeah. It sounds like a small thing, but no, the navigation bar, the way you get around the product is super important because when you're in QuickBooks all day long, the faster you can get to that screen that you need, I mean, that's seconds that you're saving every single time. And when you're trying to explain to a client where they need to go, if they're setup doesn't look like your setup, it's a disaster. You know, so it's great to hear they're making those changes. Yeah, I know that navigation around QuickBooks and just doing things faster was a big reason that you created Right Tool. Yeah, your plugin uh, for it's a Chrome plugin, right? Yeah. So we developed a tool called Right Tool, which is a, a Chrome plugin which works in Google Chrome. It works in Microsoft Edge and other Chromium-based browsers. Basically, means every browser except for Safari and Firefox for now. Uh, that's basically what it means because every other browser is, is Chromium based. And Right Tool does, um, like we have over a hundred features of things that we fix and, and, and aid the user in working better and more agile inside QuickBooks. But the one thing that we're very excited about, like I'm literally beta testing what's gonna be released mid-August, is a ChatGPT integration with QuickBooks Online in bank feeds. So what, what does that mean? That means we're gonna take information from the transaction that was downloaded in the bank feeds, you know, like that memo line that sometimes is very clear like Chevron and sometimes not very clear, like a bunch of random letters and numbers. And we're gonna query ChatGPT and ask, hey, what, what do you think this is? And here's some context, right? And we're gonna have some custom, custom prompts you can add so you can add the context, like the industry type of business and how you want the answer. And then get you an answer by ChatGPT saying, hey, this is what it could be. And then you can all combine that with your Google search, right? Because this is how we do. We, we go on Google, we search it. And then ChatGPT, of course, if we can get the answer from there, great. If not, you have to go ask the client. But as accounting professionals, we have a thousand transactions to go through. We want to avoid asking the client as much as possible because no matter how you, how you slice it, 
for the customer a question about their transaction and it's, it's interruption to their business and it, it, it lowers the perceived quality of our work if we have to ask them, even if it's physically impossible for artificial oh, yeah. intelligence or, or QuickBooks statistically or Google to give you the answer, even if it's, you know, even if, even if that's proven fact that it's statistically impossible, the business owner is always going to be bothered by that. And you add that, you know, times a 20, 30, 40 transactions, that's a, that's a huge issue. And these great apps like Uncat, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to solve this issue. And then some built-in tools in QuickBooks where you ask the client, what is this? What is this? What is this? And I get it. And that's great. But sometimes it's better if we could just figure it out for them, right? So I'm hoping that the ChatGPT, OpenAI, and a combination with that and the Google search, we will able to give you like just a little extra boost. You know, it's like a, like a little intern saying, hey, could it be this? We're, we're not yeah. going to solve it for you, but, but that's, what we're, that's, what we, oh. that's what we're building. This is so innovative. I love this. And that's the beauty of Chrome plugins or Chromium plugins is that you can add in functionality like this that might take into it quite a while to build if they build it at all. Now, one of the big concerns about using ChatGPT with your practice has been privacy, security. We know that if you type a prompt into ChatGPT, OpenAI reserves the right to use that prompt to train their large language model. So how do you ensure that right tool is not sending confidential client information uh, that will be used in these models? Okay. I can tell you the information we're sending, but I can't tell you how they are not using the information. So what we're sending is the memo line from a credit card and the dollar amount. We're not sending the date, that way you can't triangulate really with the date, mm -hmm. but, but the, the dollar amount is contextual. Like Office Depot $10 is different than Office Depot $3,000. So we're hoping that ChatGPT right. can pick up, you know, a, a fixed asset versus a office supply type of thing. Um, we're not sending company name. We're not, we're only sending the line from uh, from the credit card. Now, what? how ChatGPT uses that data to train, that that's something we don't control and we have to be transparent about that. Well, you're going through the API, right? Through so the API. My through the API, correct. Yeah, and my understanding is if you're accessing ChatGPT through the API, that they don't use those prompts to That's train our understanding too. the model. That's yeah. our understanding, now, too. But I don't want to make yeah. a claim of things I can't control. Because we haven't audited OpenAI. I don't correct. think anybody has correct. audited that. But you know, when they get their SOC 2, we'll find out, right? Exactly, exactly. So, Hector, I know you've got some big personal news. You sold your tax practice? Yeah, so um, I'm transforming my accounting practice. I'm simplifying my accounting practice to be a subscription-based bookkeeping practice where customers can su easily subscribe and unsubscribe and have one place Netflix style where they can go, but this is what I want, this is what I don't want. And I want to really, truly streamline that partly and greatly inspired by Ron Baker's book, Time's Up. And, um, and, I f and one of the exercises that we did is, you know, we're doing way too many things. And I think there's tons of opportunity on creating a subscription business model around tax as well. But I did not want to combine it. I wanted to go to the lowest common denominator. My practice name is Quick Bookkeeping, right? So let's go back to the core. Let's do the, let's do the bookkeeping quickly. Let's get people subscribed and unsubscribed quickly. And let's just be best in class in that particular category. So that's going to be sort of phase one of doing that. Phase two would be then niching into a, like a hyper, hyper uh, uh, industry like e-commerce or something like that. But that's not set in stone yet. Um, so that's, well, that's the big news from my practice. 
And I understand why you did that, right? Tax season is very compressed. You've got a lot going on, including a conference that you are running in Miami. Tell us about your conference. Oh yeah, so this has been uh, my my baby for many years. I've always wanted to 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 do a conference. Uh, like my idea was al- always to do an on conference. Like take a look at all the things, all the things that conferences are, and then do the opposite. <laughs> it's kind of difficult because you know, there, there's some traditional things like getting people flown into the hotel and getting block rates and getting a room. Like so, like that stuff is going to be very traditional. But we have a conference in Miami called the Creative Business Models for Professionals. And I brought in uh, two of my heroes, uh, Ron Baker and Chris Doe. Ron Baker being the godfather of value pricing, now the godfather of subscription business models for accountants. And Chris Doe being somebody completely unrelated to the accounting industry. He's a friend of mine. He's a graphic designer, a YouTuber. He helps creatives um, you know, build better businesses. So he's, he's the anti-accountant because he's like purely creative. And uh, a quick and Ron Baker is still sort of the anti-accountant just because he thinks deeply about theorizing about what we could be in the future rather than just living, you know, sort of the reality that we all have to charge by the hour or whatever. Like, you know, so these two people are very anti what our industry is and what I think they embody creativity, which is what we need in order to survive this wave of AI and perception change about how customers will feel that that we feel of who we are and what we need to be and how much our you know, uh, fees should cost now that AI is doing everything for us, quote unquote. So the conference is all about bringing no more than 100 people. We have 60 something tickets sold. So we have less than 40 left to sell, which I'm very, very proud of that. And we've done very light marketing. And uh, we're going to go through workshops. It's just going to be like brainstorm about this, brainstorm about As a matter of fact, you remember, uh, Blake, when we did a brainstorm about what, what would happen if Disney were to open a, an accounting practice. You remember when we yes. did that brainstorm? So it would, yeah. it, it would sort of be that in two days, you know, like abstract thinking about like the possibilities of what, what it could be if some crazy non-accounting thing, where to do accounting, what would that look like? And then basically the abstract thought will spark something in your head and go, huh, I think I got a unique value proposition for transforming my practice into that. So that's the big announcement, creative business models for uh, accountants. And uh, the website for that is uh, altaccountant.com. I guess we'll put the, we'll put all the links in the, yeah. in the description. Altaccountant.com slash creative. I put the link in the live stream. We'll have it awesome. in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. Now, Hector, I know you got to go. So real quick before you do, what's the best way for people to keep up with QuickBooks changes? Glad you asked. <laughs> so, um, Earmark Media, which is uh, Blake and uh, David Leary, and Hector Garcia and Alicia Katz Pollock, have entered into agreement to build a new podcast called the Unofficial QuickBooks Accountant Podcast. Uh, we'll probably go to YouTube as well, but it will be mostly an audio experience. And what we want is sort of like deep dive and geek out about all the things that are happening with QuickBooks, similar to what we did now, but maybe just like focus more into like the day-to-day, how this affects us, the gotchas, this and that. So uh, we will be releasing the first episode in August. The exact date hasn't been uh, released because we're still working through like what episode one will look like. And uh, we'll put in the link, um, a sign-up page so you can... Mm-hmm. be the first to know when that pilot episode comes out that link is in the chat it will be in the show notes sign up 
put your email in and you'll get notified as soon as the first episode drops. Yeah. Well, Hector, it's been great chatting with you today. Thanks for all these updates. Um, lots of exciting things happening in the QuickBooks universe. Likewise, Blake. It's always a pleasure, man. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something new. And if you did, wouldn't it be nice to get some CPE credit for it? Well, I've got great news. My new app, Earmark CPE, offers free NASPA-approved CPE credits for listening to podcasts, including this one. Visit earmarkcpe.com to download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. That's earmarkcpe.com. Thank you.